gracious hosts, unique lodging, and tasty cuisine. New Mexico bed and breakfasts are New Mexico true. Our innkeepers are as special as New Mexico, and we're sharing their stories. Read about them and plan your trip at nmbba.org. Hey, everybody. We are super excited to go back to Albuquerque, New Mexico, to chat with Steve and Kathy Hyatt, who are the owners and innkeepers of Bodger Mansion. And they are in right in Old Town and right by Route 66. In fact, they have a Route 66 room that overlooks Route 66. And uh, being in Old Town, it's so cool. You can park and just walk to restaurants and shops, see all the neon signs of Route 66. And they're also very close to the Botanical Garden and the aquarium and um, it's just a great place to stay and a lot of history. So uh, go to their website, botger.com. It's B-O-T-T-G-E-R, botger.com. And all the links, including the New Mexico Bed and Breakfast Association, which is nmbba.org, they are all in the show notes. So welcome back, Stephen Kathy. How are you? Oh, doing well. And you? Oh, doing good. We're in the West. We're in Tucson, so not far. So you know we're like, this big blue sky, sunny weather. Um, we're happy as punch. Uh, what's the weather like in Albuquerque? Oh, it's about seventy-five degrees and sunny. No clouds. That's nice. Oh, that's nice. beautiful. That is yeah. beautiful. How's the garden going, Kathy, for this time of year? Um, it's doing fine. It's it's starting to wind down. We are having chilly nights, so things are starting to nice. go a little bit more dormant, and we're starting to that's lose true. the leaves. But the cottonwoods along the river are gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have, you know, leaves turning all around. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. I think that's what people don't realize about New Mexico. It's like you've got four seasons in one state, <laughs> you know, depending mm-hmm. on where you go. And you do have like the change of colors. Mm-hmm. And no matter what, those big blue skies, unless it rains, which is rare, but um, those big blue skies that are beautiful. And do they stay for you throughout winter? What, blue skies? Yeah. Pretty much. Oh, absolutely. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Unless a storm is coming through. Yeah. Uh, pretty much blue. How it's was the year, what three hundred twenty days a year? We like that. We like mm-hmm. that. that. Sunshine is always good, and it's a warm sunshine. We could feel the difference. We drove from North Carolina out to here, out Tucson, and we hit Texas. We were. It was warm. We went through Alabama. It was warm, and we're like, okay, this is nice. Then we hit Texas, and we went. What happened? There were flash floods we were driving through, and then it got like in the 30s. We're like, that's it, hotel room now. <laughs> it mm-hmm. got really cold. But as soon as we hit less, like outside of, you know, we were still in, you're always in Texas for a long time when you're driving across. But <laughs> the sunshine, you could feel it through the car, no matter how cold it really was. The sunshine, mm-hmm. as soon as you hit New Mexico, and we and we greeted the giant roadrunner in Las Cruces. That's a, that's a must uh, stop, you know, at that one rest area. But the sunshine in the car, you could feel it. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh. But back, you know, when you're in the Midwest or you're in the northern parts of the country and it's winter time, I don't care what you do. The sunshine is cold. It does not warm you up like it does in the <laughs> West. It's wild, man. Well, so um, and it's weird. It's the joys of being at 5000 feet. Yeah. But <laughs> the UV but, is much more intense. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. But um, mm-hmm. how was the Hot Air Balloon Festival? I know that's a big deal in October for you guys. Um, it was busy. It was, it was wonderful. It was the, I just saw they had the largest attendance ever. 
uh, at, at Balloon Fiesta. So it was over 800,000 people. And the weather was outrageously good. Oh, yes. There were only two events that didn't happen because of wind. Because of wind, yeah. Um, and that is a really good Balloon Fiesta. Yeah. I think there wow. Mass Ascension one. <clears throat> mass Ascension no. one morning one and morning. then a Balloon Glow like the yeah. second Thursday yeah. or something. something yeah. Uh, yeah. So there were only two events that didn't go. So that's a really good Balloon Fiesta. Yeah. Yeah, and if people are looking, wanting to come to Balloon Fiesta next year, now's the time to be booking. Mm-hmm. Uh, really? we'll, we'll fill up by the end of January, and uh, all all the B&Bs in town will fill up by, by mid-February. Are you kidding me? That's how big yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Mm-hmm. It's huge. I heard that you basically need to do take shuttles around as well. or like Yeah, they- there's a park and ride. Uh, there's so many people that go on the weekends. Uh, on, a, on a really great day with beautiful weather, uh, you can have up to 125, 130,000 people on the, on the field. Oh, it's, man, it's that's huge. amazing. It's that's huge. huge. Well, mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting about Albuquerque. It has got so much that it's, it's known for, like it, a hot air balloon capital, right? Um, you know, flamenco capital, yes. uh, mm-hmm. mariachi music, uh, good food, wine. Let's bring in the wine. We've got an chili. old town with a plaza that is really old school and, New Mexico. And, and we're starting to be recognized as a place for food. Uh, a lot of the last year, year and a half, a lot of the food magazines are, are, are finding Albuquerque and yeah. realizing what a great place it is for, for food. Mm-hmm. I remember like the food. Every, I, I don't think we had a bad meal. I mean, we had a really good time and I like going to the sawmill. Because yeah. there were so many different restaurants in there. I know I bring it up all the time, but mm-hmm. I love food halls like that because you're supporting real small business. And that's what part of staying in a bed and breakfast is. It's a real experience versus, mm-hmm. you know, here's your selfish check-in, like here, use your phone to check-in kind of thing. And I know sometimes there's a place for that, but staying in a bed and breakfast is that true hospitality where we get to meet you guys and, mm-hmm. you know, have a, have a conversation. My gosh. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's not on a phone or through Zoom. Not knocking Zoom. I'm just saying, right? It's it's warm. It's personable. And the food hall, the small people, the same. It's the same same thing with small business mm-hmm. and right. really good food and mm-hmm. beer. New Mexico beer. You guys have a lot of breweries too. Yeah. Oh, we do. Yeah. That's another thing. Albuquerque is really coming on into is uh, known for uh, local local breweries and and brew pubs and. All kinds of places, distilleries too. Yeah, distilleries are making a distilleries big, are making a big, uh, big move in in New Mexico. Yeah. So there's, oh. there's, um, oh, I can't even count the number of distilleries there are, uh, and they're doing really interesting things uh, with gin and whiskey. Uh, oh. So it's uh, it, it's it's really a, gr- a great place to be. Mm-hmm. Sounds like we have to come back. You do yeah. okay with me? All right. <laughs> we'll see you in a couple like a month may, maybe sooner actually but you know you know i want to go back to bodker mansion and i saw that you did a newsletter saying are oh, you know about a bodker mansion haunted uh yay nay is it true oh um, yes i had i know how listen come on i i want to i want to touch on that but i i thought kathy maybe you could give everyone kind of an overview of the history of bodker mansion because I think that's one of the main reason also to stay at the inn is that, I mean, the history, the people, the, the human history at that inn, mm-hmm. is, and it's unreal, mm-hmm. but real. 
not the ghosts though they're not real no no it, it's uh it, it comes up um and usually in the fall a lot some people want to think that every old building is haunted and it's just not i mean we live here <laughs> so there's that um the house is um actually was built in 1912 as a family home and it's a little bit different architecture uh it's american foursquare which um, had a brief period. So, you know, you had Victorian and then Queen Anne and then um, and then American Foursquare was like 1900 to about 1920 or so. And then you had the craftsman style houses in like the 1930s with some Art Deco in there. Um, and then, of course, moving into the 40s and 50s and 60s were the one story, you know, three bedroom, two bath ranch. Um so we we do have a number of American Foursquare homes. We're the only one here in Old Town. <clears throat> and um, at the time, uh, it was built with a lot of modern conveniences because uh, the, the thing was, if people had money to build a, a fairly nice, fancy home, they wanted everything that they had back east. So there's a basement because there was a central heat furnace oh, wow. in the in the uh, in the in the basement. Um, it had um, speaking tubes to the rooms. There was a dumb waiter that went up from the butler's pantry up to the second floor. And um, what? It was the first residence in Old Town to have gaslight, I think. Not in Albuquerque. Uh, not in Albuquerque, but, but in Old Town. Um, and um, let's see, just a few things like that. But the... Um, uh, and it was built actually the 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 property history goes back way even farther than that um actually it was built on the site of the uh Manuel Armijo house he was the territorial governor of Nuevo Mexico when it oh, was wow. part of Mexico wow so the early 1800s and then um um and there was a 40 room hacienda on this site with a central courtyard. And at one point it was considered to be the grandest home in all of the territory. Um, so, um, but over the oh. decades, of course, we're talking early 1800s. Um, and then it fell into kind of decay. And um, and then Charles Bodker's father, his parents were actually out here on a trip to New Mexico and the property was for sale. And his father bought it intending to come out <clears throat> and build his house on this property, but he passed away before they could happen. So Charles Bodker inherited the property and then and then he was very fortunate. Um he married well. And his wife had inherited a mine from her stepfather. Ooh. And in 1909, that mine suddenly they discovered ore and he had enough money to tear down the Manuel Armijo house. And build this grand um, wow. American Foursquare. He did well. I mean, yeah, he, he did he pretty well. The, the land and and mm -hmm. then gets a, a wife with a good a, a good. Should I say dowry? We can't say dowry, right? Well, That's not really a dowry, <laughs> but she was she was the stepdaughter of of a man who had a lot of properties and interests. So yeah, she did well, and then therefore he did well. What is it that led to so many famous people stopping by? How did that happen? Well, the unfortunate thing is the house was built in 1912, but Charles Bodker um, probably had tuberculosis. He had what they called lung trouble. So back 
back in the day. At one point, 50% of the population of Albuquerque had tuberculosis. That's why they were here. Um, and so he built the house in 1912, but he died in 1914. And by that time, they had used up all of the money to build this big fancy house. Um, and the mine was done. So there wasn't any more money coming in from the mine. Um, and they were, um, they were in society, if you want to say they were, uh, well-known people. Um, and you know, they, their, their doings were always in the social column of the newspaper on page four and things like that. Anyway, the only thing that was acceptable for a widow and her two teenage daughters to do, um, was, uh, run a boarding house. I mean, what do you do with a great big house, right? Mm. Um, so, they, so that's, they started it as a boarding house. And oh. so that's why Machine Gun Kelly and his gang were here for a time. And Elvis Presley stayed here literally in 1956, just before Heartbreak Hotel became his first number one hit across the country. He was wow. on tour um, and did a concert in Albuquerque, went to Amarillo, did a concert there, came back to Albuquerque, did another concert, and he, st- he, he stayed at the Bodker Mansion. Mm-hmm. And Janis Joplin? Janis Joplin sometime in the 1960s. Um, Frank Sinatra didn't stay here, but he apparently sang at a wedding in the courtyard. Don't you wish that they, you know, when they came over, that there was like wet cement that their hands would want to be in their footprints? Something. Something. That would have been cool. The guest sign, you know, the guest register. No, there, there, there really isn't any, anything like that, unfortunately, but, um, yeah, but. I feel like you guys should have like a museum going uh, on in there too, you know, because it's what it shows about, um, not just the, the in having this amazing human history, right? Uh-huh. Um, and multicultural, right? Too, but yeah. also that what Albuquerque was like back in the day too, that mm-hmm. it, you know, is, I, you know, you gotta think also Route 66. There was travel along that highway and yeah. musicians right. did it too. Right. So, exactly. um, and then of course, you know, 40 came in, Interstate 40. And so I don't know, I can't remember exactly when that switchover happened, but there, you're so central, you right. know, right. you know, and you know, that's not necessarily a switchover, but it was, it was World War II when it was Eisenhower who did that. It was, it, Eisen- it was in the sixties. It was in the late sixties when I 40 came through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, and, Thank goodness it's back. Uh, it enters um, Route 66. I'm glad, you know. You know, Route 66 turns 100 years old in just less than two years. 2026. 2026, I'm sorry. 2026. Well, I think we should start celebrating. We are. The city is already ramping up for that. Um, yes. They have a neon sign um, refurbishing program. Oh, we and, love that. You know we do. That's uh, big. Yep. And we have a brand new visitor center out on the um, West End. Actually, Route 66 runs about 20 miles through Albuquerque. So it starts out at the, at the, at the base of Tejeros Canyon on the east side, goes all the way through Albuquerque, right smack through downtown, right by us. And then about another uh, 10 miles the other way on the West End. And they have a brand new Route 66 visitor center to, over on the West End. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. That'll no, be not, only, not only that, but we have a guy who is actually, um, he has been going out and buying up the neon signs that have been taken down from places. And he is actually in the downtown area 
creating a neon sign museum and it's going to be outdoor. It's all outdoors. Oh. They're refurbishing them and they're starting to put them up in this, you know, basically a big vacant lot. Um, and I think eventually the plan is to have um, the museum there uh, so people can walk around, but like food trucks and uh, beverages oh. and all that kind of stuff too. So just that's a real awesome. place to go and see all that. I think that's huge because so many are coming down and then people mm-hmm. buy them and put them in their bars and their basement yes. or, you know, it's kind of like a, like a antique treasure. I, mm-hmm. I think I've told you before on the show, we have friends that come over and document neon signs across the country. They're in Holland. Okay. They come over mm-hmm. here twice a year and they're like, they're going away. And I said, well, should they be in a museum? He goes, no, they need to be back next to the business. So what has happened uh, in some places in Albuquerque is, um, you know, as Route 66 uh, became popular and the traveling public was able to drive, I mean, with the advent of, of cross-country driving and uh, more disposable income, all of these uh, Route 66 motels were popping up. And some of them were built fairly quickly and not um, particularly of a durable construction. Um, and over the years, they've been va- vacant or abandoned or whatever. And so some of the motels have been torn down, but the signs were left. And those are called, in Albuquerque, those are called orphan signs. And they're also protected. And they're protected. So they are actually now cultural landmarks, mm-hmm. but but awesome. you can actually adopt adopt a sign. I think the city has a program for that because it costs a lot of money to refurbish the neon. And, and so actually the signs are still there yeah. and they may not work, but you know, you can adopt a sign and the and pay to have it refurbished. And then so it's a little it's a little odd, though, because you've got uh, a neon sign for a motel that's not a motel anymore. <laughs> but I think still when it's a cultural icon and a historical yes. landmark, then people right. start going and following the trail like you guys have, you know, right. I think it goes hand in hand with your public art, because that yes. was one thing Nancy and I, OK, we're going to go do all the public art. We're oh. going to do all the, what are, what are, what are, there, there is even are? more now since you were here. Yeah, since you were here, there's, oh, way, there's more. way more. How many, how many pieces do you think? I think New Mexico oh, is one of the best hundreds. states for it. Hundreds. hundreds. We, there's wow. a, a part of the gross receipts tax that we pay every, uh, that we pay goes to the arts. I think it's really? a quarter percent. No, it's one percent for the arts, is what the program. Oh, that's right. One percent. That's oh, right. Wow. The and arts. they, yeah. they, and so they hire artists to do uh, public art, whether it's mm-hmm. sculpture. Um, they've been redoing Second Street um, on the north side of Albuquerque, um, and so they've got um, walkways, and they're putting up public art and landscaping things. So that's part of what that money goes for is the public art. That's awesome because you have incredible, like you were saying, there's sculptures, there's murals, and then there's just like moving art, moving sculptures and, mm-hmm. you know, mosaics, you know, murals mm-hmm. and sculpture. I, I love it. I, I think it, mm-hmm. it just adds color, you know, and gets, and also, um, tells cultural stories in the history of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and the natural history. Let's not leave out Petroglyph National Monument. We mm-hmm. can't, you know, we love it there, you know, I just, I'm still amazed that all these petroglyphs are just like in the middle of suburbia. It's like go for a hike and then you turn around. You forget when you're looking like where you are, like you forget because it's so fascinating. 
Um, and that's, I mean, talk about public art. That's yes. like the yep. beginning of it, right? Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like the newspapers uh, back then. But so that's something for people to experience. But um, Steve, we touched on food in the food hall. Let's tell us what's been going on for breakfast at, at Bodger Mansion. What what did people expect for uh, breakfast for the fall or winter? Uh, well, we um, we go over to our cranberry French toast on a, a Grand Marnier sauce. Oh. Okay, uh, word fall, right? And oh. uh, tomorrow we're going to have our first um, pumpkin pancakes. With ginger butter. Oh. With ginger butter. Mm-mm. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, we're starting oh. to gear up for fall now mm-hmm. and fall things. Yeah. And, of course, green chili. Yeah. Oh, the green chili, but now do you, it's every that's every day, right? <laughs> is pistachios is that the that's the other side of New Mexico? Do you do yeah, you use yeah. pistachios and pecans? We use a lot of pecans, uh, not so much on pistachios. Um, although I'm I'm looking at some stuff using pistachios, but yeah, New Mexico is is has a big uh, pecan crop. It's one of the largest in the country, mm. and uh, and then we do also have uh, a, a Fairly sizable pistachio crop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know when we were driving through Las Cruces, I was like, "Oh, That's yeah, exactly." The, down you south. Know, I was like, "Oh, there we are. We've got all that happening, you know." And mm-hmm. and so I was like, "Oh, you know, <laughs> like pecan pie." But pistachios yeah. would be fun for Christmas time because of the green. Oh you yeah. Know? Oh yeah. Ooh. They're always good. Ooh. Have you ever done breakfast tamales? I'm just wondering if that's even a thing. Could you do? Uh, would that no, even happen? So. Tamales are, yeah. are 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 labor intensive. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I've, heard of, I've never heard of that. I mean, breakfast you've got breakfast tacos. Well, some people do breakfast oh, enchiladas. Breakfast, in, which is just an enchilada with an egg on it. So, but yeah. I, but you know what? Honestly, like Nancy and I ran a bed and breakfast again for a week at, at, uh, about a few weeks ago because mm-hmm. I don't know why we get roped into this, but it's our third time, <laughs> and I think because our friends call every time we're drinking wine, and apparently. <laughs> They know what time we're drinking wine, and they're like, "Are you? Do you have your wine? Have you had a glass yet? Yes. Pour yourself another." And we should know when they say that what's coming next. But I think the first glass clears that out, and um, I don't know. We get roped into it, and every time I think of all the innkeepers we've been talking about on the show, going, "Oh my gosh, you guys work so darn hard." It is. I mean, because I do all the rooms. And then the breakfast, you know, having to get the breakfast. Nancy has a whole new vocabulary that's not allowed on radio shows anymore because it's like 10 people all at once. And then right. last minute, someone goes, well, I don't want to eat this thing anymore. I'm like, what? You know, so the the um, hospitality goes so far beyond what you realize as a guest, which is mm-hmm. a good thing, you know, but. I have to tell you, every time we do this, I'm famished. I'm done. By the time our friends come back to their inn, I'm like, that's it. You have the keys. I'm done. I'm really going to go have a bottle of wine, not a glass, a bottle of wine. Um, because it is, it's a lot of work, but it is highly rewarding. And, the you know, to see people smile. Um, there was a couple with their anniversary and making sure, like, everything was perfect and we had to. I did. I had to deliver the breakfast to their room with champagne, like, and they're mm-hmm. upstairs, like way upstairs. There's a Victorian mansion, and I'm going. Well, why do we have Victorian mansions? <laughs> do we have to do this? But to see them being really happy and and people talking at the breakfast table about what they experienced, mm-hmm. I 
there's something about that for you guys, for each of you. What what is it for you, Steve, running a bed and breakfast that makes you happy when when it's really hard work? What is it that you go, you know, this is cool? <laughs> you know, it's it's when people appreciate what we're doing uh, and how uh, and what we can provide for them. Uh, you know, it, it a lot of innkeepers are preserving um, structures that are historic. Mm-hmm. Some, a lot of them aren't on a national register or anything, but just the being able to keep these, uh, struck these houses, um, um, functioning and looking great. That's a labor of love. That doesn't, mm-hmm. it, it, it takes a lot of time and effort to make sure, uh, they, they are still standing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, this building, if it wasn't, a bed and breakfast could very well not exist anymore. Right. And it costs money to do it, you know, mm-hmm. but it's, I believe that it's also not just the building you're keeping, you're keeping the family history of the people who inhabited the building, but all, and keeping it alive. That's why I asked you about the history again, Kathy, because, mm-hmm. you know, I never tire of hearing these stories, even if I've heard them before, because it keeps us all fresh and the buildings and their stories and the people's stories is part mm-hmm. of the integrity of what Albuquerque is for you. Like if it's in Taos, it's the same thing. These buildings are part of what makes that sure. sense of place that we always talk about, mm-hmm. of a destination. Right. If right. it was all the same kind of little boxes on the hillside, then you don't have a destination. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know? exactly. Yeah, for you, Kathy, that's what's why, the big... Oh, go ahead. That's why, I was, that's why the, the history of the house and the family who built it has always been so interesting to me because the house being an American Foursquare is kind of an anomaly Mm because you know what most of the houses here are the Pueblo style with the flat roofs and vigas and portals and they're pretty much all brown, different shades Mm -hmm. of brown or beige. Um, That's the standard architecture here. So this house really stands out as being different from that, but it also helps people put the house and the history in perspective to know that there was an awful lot more going on here, that everything wasn't just the same. I mean, we have craftsman houses here and we have Victorians. And um, so it's, it's a real mix and you get a sense of the development of Albuquerque, um, how it grew up and you'll have one house right next to another and there are different kinds of houses. So you, you understand that as that neighborhood was being built up over time, um, the architecture of the buildings reflects what was going on at that time. So, it's and just- you've got color to to the home as well, um, from the <laughs> outside of it to the inside, but it's not overwhelming color, right? And that's something where you go, oh, you know, you know where you are. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it was it like that before? Is that something that you decided is you know for the inn to have the, color? The house being pink. pink. That was 19, that was after 1997. We know that. Um, the house has been several different colors. Um, at one time when, when Julia Bodker Gallegos died in 1968 and she was quite a well-known person in Albuquerque, you know, big, big obituary with her picture in the paper and all of that stuff. Um, it was called the yellow house with blue trim in Old Town. So oh. at one point, it was yellow with blue trim. At one point, it was um, kind of a gray house with a different color blue trim. Um, so I, I did want to tell you that since you all were here, 
we had the most amazing thing happen within a couple of week period. We had a guest who came and they, she had stayed with her family here in 1998 and she had pictures. Oh, wow. And then we got email from someone out of the blue and he said, Oh, when I was in, um, when I was going to UNM, I lived in that house and that was in 1970, 71. No way. Something like that. And he had come back on a visit so he'd finished at UNM, gone back to New York, came out on a visit in 1974 and took pictures and he sent them to me. Oh, no my way. Goodness. It was a wreck. It was a wreck. <laughs> oh, no way. So you, you're feeling pretty good now, right? Yeah, you know, was, the good. house had gotten sold out of the family. It had been vacant for a number of years. Yeah. There was, oh, wow. some, uh, you know, they had a leaky roof. There was water damage, um, all kinds of things. Um and um and that and he said he actually got to live here for free. The deal with whoever owned it at the time was that he and the other people that lived here uh were to work on fixing up the house. And they did. Oh, okay. uh, not to a pristine condition, um, but basically cleaning it up and getting it habitable again. Um and so they did some of that, but the pictures that we got were just amazing. Yeah. Wow, that's fantastic that you have that history yeah. to add to your collection. You see, I told you you need a museum room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think it goes back to what you were saying, Steve, about you know keeping these buildings intact. You know, um, they're they're so close to being we're so close to losing them at any given moment. Uh, that's the problem. You know, if they fall, if they go vacant and fall into disrepair, it it doesn't take long right. for. Uh, a municipality like Albuquerque to say it's it becomes a nuisance. Right. Oh, then that's to be taken down. They get torn down. They get torn down. Mm-hmm. Well, look at Sleepy like, Sleepy Lobo in. They were on the show. Is it Sleepy yeah. Lobo? Yeah. Um, yeah, they were on it and look what they did to renovate this beautiful? building. Didn't they do a great job? It's a lovely they, little from what problem. I could see, I haven't been there yet. I wouldn't yeah. get on the end if we haven't been somewhere because you never know. But I mean, to, oh. they really just, you know, put their heart and soul into that property. It's really charming. And it, and it's really nice to see a house that was built in a different time period. And but it's different than yours. It, yeah, it's yeah. not yeah, that far from you. <laughs> what, what were the architectural elements that were being put in houses at that time as opposed right. to, you know, 1912? Right. Mm. And that's interesting. I mean, cause you're not that far. Well, to me, anything. Nothing's really far oh, we're, anymore. We're about three miles away. Oh, that's nothing. Yeah, you yeah. can walk there. You know, it's a well, maybe I don't know. It depends. Well, on the <laughs> yeah, but they, it seems that they're by the university, so their yeah. appeal is to a lot of people going to see their their you know stu- their mm-hmm. kids. Yeah, they're right across. College. They're right across the street from the university. Mm-hmm. But that's to me like it's such a different kind of clientele that you know uh, you know guests mm-hmm. that will stay, and mm-hmm. I love that kind of blend in a in a community where. There's something for everyone. And for them, I think it's really nice for even the students to know some place where their parents can stay mm-hmm. and even have like a kind of a welcoming overnight before they, you know, here you are, go be an adult now. <laughs> you know, right <laughs> on your own. It's kind of a cozy thing to have a B&B that's part of that, that mm-hmm. makeup. Because often it's not, you know, so that's a really nice, I just, I think it's so cool to see these historic buildings and not all inns are historic. I would say about 70, 80 percent. I'd say about a good 80 percent are historic. And 
all have kind of stories. And then for your guests, they're leaving their story as part of the mix as well, which is, mm-hmm. it, which is a cool thing. So, but what's, let's talk a little bit. It's fall, uh, November, Thanksgiving's coming. And then we're getting into that Christmas holiday season. And, um, I'm going to guess that, um, a lot of holidays, sh- I'm not going to guess. I know there's a lot of holiday shopping that can be done in Albuquerque. And so oh. a definite, a, if you're going to, Listen, we're so against all that Black Friday stuff where everybody beats each other up over a TV in a in a big box store. I mean, what is that? I mean, well, it's all online now. You don't beat anybody up anymore. No, it's all online. I, I, I don't know, but then there's websites. Of, okay, I'll behave. But, but, but you know what Same I mean. The whole thing about going and shopping the Friday after, you know, or the weekend after Thanksgiving, it was about being out. It was a, it's a festive time. You dress up in your Christmas sweater. Well, unless it's 75 degrees, dress up in your Christmas sweater and you go out for lunch and you, you know, the decorations are up. So it's all about that. Nice and calm. That sounds fun. And, and just getting into the Christmas spirit and all that stuff. So in that respect, online shopping is. It's not a good substitute but, for that. But, but we do have holiday stroll coming up. But we we have, there's a lot of holiday events. Um, boy, there's a ton of holiday events coming up in, in Albuquerque. Um, so there's the Twinkle Light Parade basically kicks oh. it off the weekend after Thanksgiving. Uh, the Old Town Holiday Stroll is December 1st. Uh, the Knob Hill Shopping Stroll is the next Friday. Um, we've got Mariachi Christmas. If you really want to get in the... Oh, I do. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 it's really fun. I love mariachi. Um, the Botanic Garden does the River of Lights the entire time, right after Thanksgiving up until New Year's. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful outdoor light displays. It's in the top 10 in the country for light yeah. displays. Really? Yeah. Well, that, well, that, and your Botanic Garden, I remember going because we saw you, it was not quite spring yet. Mm-hmm. But the poppies were in bloom and there's like a Japanese garden and it was gorgeous. I need mm-hmm. to get them on the show because we were just did a recording actually airing a couple days after your show um, on Sunday. And um, we were talking about botanical gardens and theme parks and things like that across the country for holidays. And we were all talking about, you know, during winter and late fall, people tend to like, oh, well, botanical gardens are only spring and summer. And that mm-hmm. is so not true. Mm-hmm. botanical gardens in winter there's a magical thing to them and mm-hmm. and yours is so i don't yours is charming it's like a, it's so it's cute it's not overly big but it is actually pretty big actually when mm-hmm. i remember we, mm-hmm. we we had to walk off steve's breakfast mm-hmm. and that you have to do a lot of walking <laughs> and you know and and it's it's part of the bio park the botanical yeah. gardens part of the bio park which has the aquarium and then the zoo and uh, the zoo just opened a, a new exhibit, uh, Asian exhibit, no, African exhibit uh, for the for the African animals. animals. And they're working on an Australian uh, exhibit now. And uh, it, again, it's one of the top zoos in the country. Uh, and that's all with, you can walk from one to the other. It's really great. It's a, yeah, it's an easy place to go park and you can go to three different attractions all in yes. In one, and it's not far from Sawmill that I remember. I thought it was pretty cool. It's not far pretty... from Old Town at all. It's only about a half no. And mm-hmm. Old Town, that's what I was going to say. It's so easy from when you stay at the inn at Bobker, you just walk down the street and like the gazebo there in the plaza. Mm-hmm. Uh, do they have performances that happen in the gazebo? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, for, for holiday stroll, there'll be music all day long, all oh. over Old Town and on the gazebo, and then there'll be luminarias. Uh, oh 
all over Old Town. So it, it's a really a, a beautiful time to be here. And if we're lucky, it snows. What? If we're lucky, <laughs> if we're lucky. or on if if or if we're lucky on Christmas, Christmas Eve, Eve, which is more likely. Um, we also uh, Old Town is has luminarias all over for Christmas Eve as well. Oh, that's, that's nice. That's a tradition in Albuquerque to mm-hmm. come through Old Town to see the luminarias and to be here on oh. Christmas Eve. And, and you have a lot of shopping in Old Town and art galleries and restaurants. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I love the Old Town. That was, mm-hmm. I was, I, I thought the first day we got there, we went and had dinner downtown and I looked at Nancy. I'm like, well, we don't have to go anywhere else. We're parked. We could just, just walk. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of that, can people, are you know, I know there's Uber and Lyft and everything, but can people, are, is there transport that takes you around? You know, or should you get an Uber to go to other places from you if they don't want to drive? Oh, if they're here without a car? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Uber. Uh, there's there the, the bus transportation is um, we ha- we do have the ART, which is uh, runs down central. That will get you to the downtown University Knob Hill areas. And that's free. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's fairly quick. But to get to other places in Albuquerque, it's either by car or Uber. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. And yeah. it's not hard. You know, air flying in is not far, right? You, well, we're no? 15 minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's easy. That's it. Do you, do you see people coming back from Europe uh, this, this year oh, yeah. after COVID? We've got quite a few people now coming in from overseas. Absolutely. From Australia, Europe, Canada. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yay. Yay. They love the Southwest, especially in the summer. Oh, you know? mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they'll do the temperatures, man. <laughs> We're starting to see people do the Route 66. People are starting to do Route 66 again. That That is building Fantastic. up. It, it yes. used to be pretty mm-hmm. strong. And COVID came along, and of course, and then uh, it kind of died out. But now it's coming back strong. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing a lot of people stop. And they stop with us. But they're going from Chicago to Santa Monica, or they're doing a part of it. Some people do it over, you know, three or four years. Mm. Uh, not everybody can drive straight from Chicago to Santa Monica. Well, there's so much along the way, though. So, see. Exactly. so you know, if you drive the whole thing in one shot, there's a lot of things you're probably going yeah, to miss. Yeah, yeah. That that but, is. But there I mean, are there are people who will take like a piece of it. In mm-hmm. fact, we had a father and son, and they were doing Route 66, mm-hmm. and they were taking a segment of it. Um, every year and they figured they said it was going to take them like five years to, but they wanted to do everything along the yeah. whole route. It's so course. hard. I mean, we, yeah. that's why yeah. we're on the road full time on Encinar because you can't, you know, we're doing, we are doing Route 66 and we've done a lot of the portions of it. And then sometimes we didn't even realize we're on it because mm-hmm. we're also doing the, the Jefferson Highway. We're doing the Pony Express Trail. And then we start getting into all the historic trails, which right. means you're just ne- you can't do it all, but sometimes there's historic landmarks and attractions that do all like they'll be in like one spot. All all kinds of things happen in this one spot, and we're like, oh, thank you. But I love the fact that you can keep coming back to an area to see. Oh, I missed this part because there's no way. And I mean, we do this full time, and you just can't do it all. But that's the beauty of road trips mm-hmm. is that you can stop the car even if it's. You know, sometimes even national parks, you know, like when we were uh, did petroglyph, you know, we were in Albuquerque for way too short of a time. But do what you can. Like we did one little trail. We couldn't do all the hiking trails we wanted, 
but next time we come back, we're going to go no longer. What, you know, so you can mm-hmm. keep adding to that and discovering more. We can't, you just can't do it all, but you certainly can die trying to do it. That's a good way to go out. <laughs> right. I'm so not ready you, for that. Since though. you were here though, um, the rail yard has opened another building. Oh, we have uh, at uh, the rail yard in Albuquerque when it was built was what the largest rail the engineering bar- uh, building. Yes, it was the largest steel, rail yard. No, it was the largest steel and glass Art Deco building in the world when it was built. Wow, it could. Uh, it, it, it's an amazing history. We could go for an hour on that uh, all by itself. Wow. But the, that engineering building could overhaul nineteen engines simultaneously and manufacture every part of the engine right there on the yards. So these wow. these were the largest yards uh, west of the Mississippi. Wow, that's huge. And for Art Deco, look at that as another, mm-hmm. you know, architectural gem. I mean, so you have a little bit of everything going on in Albuquerque when it comes to architecture. Yeah. Wow. So, the, um, so the city owns that property and they are – uh, in a very long process of, of renovating all of those buildings. Um, and, um, so they've, they've renovated another building. So on weekends from what, April and April through October, um, every Sunday they have the rail yard market, which is a combination of farmers market and, um, crafts and local products. Um, and they have live music and lots and lots of food. Um, and then in December, I think it's December 9th and 10th, um, they have a huge um, holiday market. So, and it's really expanding that old, that whole area. So now they've got two buildings that they've renovated and there's a very large um, courtyard area uh, and paved area around that. And it's really expanding. It's, it's really becoming a, a really wonderful place to go. On a Sunday and see all sorts of things. It's also where the Wheels Museum is, and that's a museum devoted to the to railroading. Really, you Mm -hmm. know, because I know we're actually doing some special stories coming up on rail rail history. Because Mm -hmm. if you're into railroad history, man, I tell you, all my friends that are railroad the railroaders are like they love it. Yeah, they are enthusiastic is an understatement. Is you know. Um, they're into it. So we're looking well, at, know, that's another we have thing to do. That, We have the railroad room, the Hazeldean, which is our railroad room. And as, right. as homage to the, the, to, to the railroad. And people specifically want that room because of it. Yeah. And, uh, we just did a remodel on that. And um, we now have this amazing photograph of the uh, engineering building. That um, done with a fisheye lens. It's just, it's just an amazing photograph in that building, in that room, over the bed, and it's just, it's really, it's really changed the 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 tenor of the room, and I think uh, it's even more appealing than it was to railroaders. Mm -hmm. Oh Mm -hmm. wow! Because that's, we're gonna have to do a show just on railroad history, but then, like, I I know it's that just will end up being its own show or something crazy. Uh, that's a series of shows. That yeah, that, that, it is. Because then you get into the Harvey House girls, and you know the Harvey House. Absolutely. And, yeah, well, we had a we we had a friend who passed a couple of years ago, who was a Harvey girl right here. In no way. Africa. Yes, yes. So you know, it, it, there's still some folks still around that that were actually part of that. Yeah. No way. That's so cool. I mean, that history is amazing. I mean, yeah. that is some 
hospitality history, you mm-hmm. know, that, that people should know about and seek it out. And it's all throughout the Southwest, which is just, it's fascinating for sure. Wow. So a lot of things, but before you go, I want to talk about nature because it is the migration season. And mm-hmm. so when does the is Bosque, am I saying this correctly? Bosque. The Bosque de, de la Apache National Wildlife mm-hmm. Refuge? Yeah. They're, uh, well, the cranes are back. They've okay. Back. So you could go now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they, they started showing up uh, towards the, uh, oh, mid-October. They started okay. showing up. And uh, the Festival of the Cranes is actually uh, December 6th through the 9th down in uh, Bosque del Apache. But that's just, that's not just the cranes. That's, uh, that's, that's hundreds of thousands of, of waterfowl in, in there. There's Canada yeah. geese and all kinds of ducks. Snow geese. I bet you get geese, snow geese. Ducks. There's so many different varieties. It's amazing. Plus the cranes. I was just this morning, I was out riding on the Bosque here. And there were cranes in the field right next to the path. I was no way. Oh, yeah. oh, you don't have to go down to the yeah. You don't down, have to go there. It's a beautiful uh, national wildlife refuge, but you don't have to go all the way down there just to see the cranes because they they take off in the morning and they fan out all along the Rio Grande River right. looking for fields and feeding areas. And we have them right here in in Albuquerque. I mean, like three miles from us. At the Rio Grande Na- Nature the, Center, yeah. Oh, they, yeah. There are actually fields all along the Rio Grande where they grow grain, and that grain is grown specifically for the cranes and the waterfowl, and they knock it down in the fall, yeah, uh, for them to eat. And that's why that's that's what they're grown for is yeah. for the cranes. Wow. So mm-hmm. when where were we when we went to um, Tingley Beach, right? So that's not. Oh, that was on the bus. So that's yeah. on the boat because I remember seeing a bunch of cyclists on a trail. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, that's right. And a railroad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. gone now. They took that out. And now that's a walking oh. path. I think they're getting ready to put a people mover in there now uh, to to move people from the biopark to the zoo. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. It was part of, and that's where we, we went there because of the um, public art. But there were yeah. geese and there were birds in the in the pond. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No? We have them year round. Some stay here, but right now the, all the migrations are coming in. So we're seeing dozens of different types of ducks and geese um, and other. Better uh, scary. No, sorry. Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> ducks and geese. What, and we have, a new, we have actually a, the Valle del Oro yes. is a new uh, national wildlife refuge. Yes. Um, it's, um, it's in Albuquerque. Um, it's about what, eight miles or so yeah, south, south of here in the South Valley. Um, and they are developing that. So that's, um, a lot of open space right now, but they're doing things like, um, creating a marsh area. That was, yeah. orig- it was originally a wetland and then, uh, Creamland Dairy took it. It was a dairy farm. It was a dairy farm. Mm-hmm. And okay. so they 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 developed it that way, and now they're going to bring it back to a wetland. Mm-hmm. Oh, restore the habitat—that's so awesome. They're putting in things, uh, uh, native landscaping, and they're putting in uh, pollinator uh, areas, pollinator gardens, uh, and the wetlands, and just um, 
they've got a multi-phase plan down there. So um, right now it's like a big open canvas with, um, you know, just slow but steady work going on. But it'll be interesting to watch that over the years, how how that develops. I want to go now. (laughs) And they just opened up a path, um, uh, a bike trail to it. uh, So you can get down there fairly easily now. That's exciting because they do really good jobs as um, the National Wildlife Refuges on mm-hmm. pollinator gardens. Uh, just yes. you know, a lot of them that we go to have them. They often have like a drive. Um, so if you aren't a hiker, there's like a scenic drive or a wildlife drive you can do in, mm-hmm. in wildlife refuges. I don't know if that'll happen there, but to watch a restoration project, I think will be really cool for people to see how restoration can work, yes. you know, because um, we need to reclaim a lot of our land in that way and, and bring it back to where it was, especially, you know, if there's wetlands, um, that's a, it's a huge importance, especially in the Southwest, um, mm-hmm. to get some of that wetland habitat back. And, okay, now I have to come back again. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> How many times have I, we have to keep coming back? See, we just keep going in circles. But I love that they have a bike path because I think that's the other thing. When people, you know, take a break, it's mm-hmm. nice to just get on a bicycle, not saying that I can do it, um, you don't want that. Maybe, maybe after the glass of wine. No, I'm just kidding. But to no, be able to be free away from phones and computers and just be out. And it's very easy to rent a bicycle here in Old Town. Oh, cool. And in fact, we yeah. have a package for that for their tour, or we can arrange for you to rent bicycles. And you can, there's a lot of places you can bike to here. It's really got awesome. Really nice. Awesome. Awesome. Well, listen, guys, it's always good to have you on the show. Thank you for coming back. And I happy Thanksgiving to you both. Oh, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah, I know. Can you believe it's already here? I know. I mean, is, wasn't it just summer the last time we talked? What happened? What happened? We'll be decorating for Christmas so in just a couple of weeks. Exactly. <laughs> really? Now, what happens also like for Thanksgiving? Do you have guests over the holidays? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, we're, mm-hmm. we're pretty full. No rest for you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, sounds like you need a a little a bicycle ride into the new wildlife refuge. There you go. There you <laughs> I go. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, everyone. Again, go to botger.com. It's B-O-T-T-G-E-R, botger.com. And, of course, we're here every second Thursday talking about New Mexico bed and breakfast and destinations and events. So uh, keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. But plan your trip. There is bed and breakfast all over the land of enchantment. So go to nmbba.org. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks. You. Take care. Gracious hosts, unique lodging, and tasty cuisine. New Mexico bed and breakfasts are New Mexico true. Our innkeepers are as special as New Mexico, and we're sharing their stories. Read about them and plan your trip at nmbba.org.